Hello, how you doing? Welcome to Charlotte Tuesdays. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. We're getting into the middle of February already. Already. So we're gonna we're gonna get started. This is a special edition of Black History, Loving Black History Edition. And I do have a special guest today. You've seen him before, but and I brought him back again so we can have this this discussion because I mean, he's knowledgeable in all areas, so I think you're going to enjoy this. But let's talk about the resource for today. Are y'all ready? This is one that I just discovered. Hmm. So this is brownkidsread.org. I'm not going to pronounce. I'm not going to mess up her name, but it's S S A N Y U. I think it's Sanayu. But anyways, she was 13 years old when she founded Brown Kids Read to motivate all children, especially children of color, to read more diverse books. And so she's been doing this for a long time. Right now for 2024, she is trying to get a thousand books. So 1000 Brown Stories campaign. And it's really simple. You can go to her website and get more information about that. Um, but I feel that you definitely need to support this cause because for one, it's Black History Month. For two, most some of my followers, you guys are um, African American or probably not, but you probably know someone that can definitely benefit from this. And it's not just about Black kids, but it's about Brown kids reading more diverse books. So Go and follow her, brownkidsread.org. All right, so let's bring in Kareem. How you doing today? Doing great, doing great. How's it going? Not too bad. You are busy. <laughs> I, t I, I, told, yeah. I told him I have met my match. He, he is better <laughs> than I am. That's all right. But we're doing great, big things, doing great things. Yeah. Um, and making things making things happen, of course. Definitely. So what what's going on in your negative woods? Well, this Saturday, uh, for those that don't know, I've been been on a six month campaign. Uh, what I mean by that is basically just getting the word out to the public, to the world, actually about our uh, fundraiser gala. We have coming up called the School Village Fundraiser Gala, presented by teachers. Appreciation Foundation or TAF, as you see on, at my, on my hat, TAF. And um, the whole intentions on raising funds um, at the gala is to continue the mission of TAF. We'll be 10 years old June 9th of this year. Wow, 10 years. So, cool. Yes. So a brief anecdote synopsis, just in case people don't know about TAF. It's a movement I started in 2014 to honor retired school teachers initially. And it morphed into a more of an eclectic range of uh, honoring uh, everyone in the school village, be it the school bus driver, cafeteria worker, nurse aide, substitute teachers, everyone involved in, this, in, in the uh, school system as a whole. Uh, we honored them, I call it the mini Grammys, it's the analogous to a mini Grammys, which is the TAF Awards. Uh, and we coined the phrase, it's the Grammys for dignitaries, educators, and support staff. So not to get too loquacious on the mission, because I have such a deep passion for the mission, and I can go on and on and on. But uh, we're, we're having a fundraiser gala this Saturday, February 17th, at the Real Rogers Garden in Oklahoma City. Yes. Everybody get your tickets. Purchase your tickets now. When, when's the last day you can buy tickets? Because I I know I'm not able to make it, but when, actually, when's the last day? Actually, um, online uh, February 16th is the last day online. However, 
for those who's not uh, able to get the tickets online, you can pay at the door. Uh, so we're giving people the option, you know. Yes, yes. Now, you how, can, much, how much are the tickets? One hundred dollars. All right, bring yes. that bill. There yes, one hundred dollars. And it's for a good cause, so definitely, definitely, definitely. I will say, you know, um, I, I love, I love your mission and your passion because every time I turn around, I see you. <laughs> it's it's something that I'm at, and I'm like, you know what? Great minds think alike, so it's only it's only befitting. Um, and so I know that you've been traveling and you've been busy. Do you yes. always have this in Black History Month in February? I know last year you had to move it and do something else, but uh, in terms of the gala, uh, yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna make sure I some keep people, it. some people, you know, they get it confused. They say, okay. How many events do y'all do a year? And is the gala the same thing as the TAP Awards? And this, then the third, and all those two completely different, different um, events. Ah, okay, yeah. there we go. Yes, educate me. Yeah. So, so what, with it being Black History Month, what, I mean, well, let me, let me back up a couple steps. Because I know you said you were out of town and everything. Did you get yeah. a chance to watch um, Super Bowl? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who are you going for? Do you mind if I have Kansas City? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's okay if you were going for the other team. No matter. Uh, Kansas City. Okay, Kansas City. So you were probably on the edge of your seats until the last. Negative. 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 Oh, oh, you knew that was going to come through? Yes. Yes. Oh. My wife was very nervous because uh, <laughs> I. I'm not ashamed to say. I mean, I, I bet it on the game. So okay. when there was a few minutes shy from, from the half, from from, uh, from halftime, it was 10-0. And I said, it's all right. You know, well, when the Super Bowl is the second half of the game, not the first half, for one. Kansas City is the first half. It's the second half team. As long as they score, I don't care if it's a field goal, they're going to win. So consequently, by them kicking at the field goal, they won. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're you right. see, yeah, it feels good. It's 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 vigorating. You know, it's it's strong. It's a good feeling of of success. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Of success. Thank goodness for the success part. So <laughs> I will I will say, you know, that that game was that game was. It, it, to me, I had to pause for a minute because I was like, oh, it's getting ready to be one of those games where yeah. it's kind of back and forth and back and forth, kind of tight where no one's scoring for a little bit. And yeah. so when it, when it's one of those types of games, I had to take a break. I had to I was doing other stuff and trying to pay attention at the same time. But did you enjoy the halftime show? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I know you went in your, still in your seat when Luda and Lil John came out. I mean... Yeah, um, and, and I say this. Uh, I was asked, you know, what'd you give it on a scale of one to ten? I'm gonna give my brother a ten. He 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 put in the work. He performed. He did what yes. he was he was called to do. Right, right. So, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. I feel like there were so many historical pieces in that halftime show that mm -hmm. people don't really realize. Like for one, the band. I, I don't recall I don't recall and maybe 
I mean, I may be missing it, but I don't recall in my lifetime seeing a HBCU ban on Super Bowl. Right. Halftime. Now, I'm not saying that they're the first because I know they're not the first. Right. But I'm just saying in my lifetime to be able to see that. And I was screaming and hollering for, for good old JSU. Now, don't tell Reggie that because that's his <laughs> rivalry. But gotcha. anyways. <laughs> I just feel like that was such a historical moment for those young children. I know they're not young. They're adults. Yeah. I mean, they're college students. But being able to go and experience that and be around uh, just in the atmosphere of performing on that level, whew, to me, that speaks mm -hmm. volumes. I don't know about anybody Definitely. else. Definitely. 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 But that was, that was really a good um, part. And then also, I love the skate. Do you know how to skate? I used to. I'm not gonna say I won't put on some skates and fall down a couple of times. I have to get on the bike. I haven't skated in years, so that's why I say I used oh. to. Yeah. Well, it's like ride the bike. You can still get on. And yeah, that's true. I mean, well, put them on, <laughs> not the bike, but <laughs> put them on, and you can still practice. Right. So, did you ever skate backwards? No. Oh, okay. So you kind of like me. I could skate forward, but yeah. backwards is nah. like, ooh, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Which no. skating is, I feel like skating is a thing of the past where we don't do it as much as we used to. Do you know anybody that's out there skating? I'm going to say in the state of Oklahoma. I'm going to say right. that. Right, right. It's, you know, like it depends on where you at, the culture of mm. uh, Atlanta, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, they they still do a lot of skating, but uh, not here in Oklahoma. Uh, they got a skating rink that the youngsters go to uh, on the northwest right. side, but nobody in my generation that I know of is in the skating. Like it's that. in the skating. So we got so we got to go to we got to go to Atlanta to get hip to the skating. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I guess. So. And I'll be in Atlanta too uh, in March. I mean, sorry, in April. April seventh, I'll be in Atlanta. Okay. I'm doing some promoting that? and marketing. Stop. Okay, do uh, stop by them skating spots and <laughs> let me know how hot they are. <laughs> Definitely. So I can come and pay attention. So I, I mean, I just want to be in the in the know. I, and the reason I bring up skating is because when I was growing up, you know, I'm from Memphis. Um, there was a skating huh? rink, uh, um, Royal Palace, I think that's the name of it. Now I'll be honest. I mean, it. it it, it it gets how the kids say lit there and so by mm -hmm. time i'm old enough to go you know things had kind of settled down but um just just remembering how fun it was it was kind of like a party you know if you go mm -hmm. on skating you go and you have a good time nobody's fussing and fighting you know you dance with it and all this other stuff i just thought that was like the coolest thing so so seeing Definitely. that sunday was like Bring it back. Yeah, Let the nice. kids know you can skate. Cause mm -hmm. I hardly see kids skating out there. You see, you see kids skating down your street? No, no, mm -hmm. mine either. <laughs> <laughs> mine either. It's like uh, we just—it's like we don't have the love for those things anymore. But, um, but with Black History, what what is something? Um, what is something significant? for Black History Month that stands out for you? Uh, just how, uh, oh yeah, just how, you know, they tell the story of one of my heroes, uh, 
Malcolm El Haj Malik El Shabazz, aka Malcolm X. Uh, mm -hmm. I love hearing, you know, the stories on how just his bravado, his ilk, his idiosyncrasies, and how he used to say facetiously when um getting interviewed. He said how this 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 real vivacious, beautiful smile. And the gentleman asked him about, you know, do he for do he have a fear of dying? And he said, you know, very passionately, he said, I, I carry myself as a man that's, and I'm just paraphrasing what he said. He said, I carry myself as a person who's already basically trans transitioned to the next life. I'm doing what I'm called to do. I don't fear death. I don't fear no man. I'm already dead. And so uh, just as I got older and, and, and really started reading and studying Malcolm X, uh, some of the things I read gave me chills about Malcolm X. And then, you know, you can get into, I ain't going to get too deep into it, but I'm also into like Patrice Lumumba, Kwame Nkrumah, uh, the uh, Ifa Tunde, Oguntade, uh, the Baba Baruch tribes. So, I, you know, I've, I've read and studied all those greats, and none of those guys, especially uh, Patrice Lumumba, he said, um, what I'm doing, I'm flirting with death. He didn't say it in those words. I'm using my own vernacular. Basically, he said, you know, I, I know he had wrote a letter to his uh, wife like two days before they, they murdered him. He said, I know this letter may not get to you, but I have accepted my fate. I know I will die behind my mission. You know, and uh, they just was pro-black guys. Like I said, I'm not going to dig too deep into it. But they're just pro-black guys, and uh, it's not just on uh, quote-unquote Black History Month um, that I that I continue to read and, and and look further into those those journeys of those people. But it's it's every month for me. Right, Black History right. Month is every month. Definitely, definitely, always. And so now you said some deep things about Malcolm. What? Yeah. Can you can you share one? Well, uh, simply put, go ahead. Go ahead. I would just say, just simply put, you know, is um, when he thought that the nation of Islam was plotting on his life, they wasn't. They never was. It was a mechanism. Like I said, I can't go get too deep. You gonna get me kicked off the uh, stream? <laughs> you gonna get me kicked off the stream? <laughs> I can't, something I just, I have to talk to you in person about. But uh, right. I'm going to give you the watered down version uh, to what he thought it was a particular organization out mm -hmm. to get him, but they wasn't, you know, it was another organization that, that plotted and planted and got it set up to make it look like another organization did it. You follow me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I picked it up. I sure did. So, so, you know, uh, uh, we're talking months before his assassination, you know, his, um, uh, uh, he had like two guys that he really, really trust. And, uh, it was like, you know, brother Malcolm, you know, it's time pretty much to, to, uh, retreat. Cause you gotta understand when he flew to Africa, um, they had pretty much pleaded with brother Malcolm to, he said, stay, said, stay here. We will send for your wife and kids. We want you to live with us here in Africa. Brother Malcolm declined it. 
he said, I can't leave my people. I have to finish what I was called to do. So if he would have just been, okay, I've had enough. And uh, I say this not to present any paradox on what he did. However, if he would have stayed, you know, it's okay, enough is enough. He may have been still alive today. I don't know. I lived, just like, oh, died a natural life. I don't know. But um, we, you know, we never will know. But yeah, he he was he was he was uh pretty much begged to stay in Africa once he went, and that's gonna cover his everything. Go start him a new life over in Africa, and they was gonna see him for his family. But he 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 declined their request. Declined to do it, yeah. And I can only imagine if he would have stayed. You know, things might have been different, but then you know how. Um, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say your destiny, but I think that's part of where it's going. Like things are meant to play out a certain way because of how it's just made to be like that. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but I think it, I think things would have been differently for me. I always felt, and you let me know how what you what you think on this. I always felt that. Once Martin Luther King was assassinated and mm -hmm. then Malcolm was assassinated, I think they literally destroyed the leaders of our community. And at that point, it was difficult for us to find leadership or to have leadership to kind of help us, help guide us. Not to mention all the other stuff that happened with, you know, the drugs and, and, um, <laughs> XYZ, everything else that took place after that. But mm -hmm. I really feel like with, with that leadership gone, it was kind of like now we've taken away uh your voice. So so now what is it gonna be? Now what are you gonna do? You know, in, in during that time, you you know, the met your Evers, uh that came before, you know, Brother Martin and Brother Malcolm, uh mm -hmm. other civil rights leaders. During that time, the culture and and and, and the, the the water fountains, coloreds and blacks, and you know we had to sit in the back of the bus, so forth and so on. During that time, it, it, it was the culture of the people to say, "Okay, we got to do this this certain way." And who's ever brave enough to be our leader know that it's a, 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 a pretty much theoretically a suicide mission. Brother Martin used to uh, say when, when they uh, elected him to be over the, uh, the civil rights movement during that time, he said he used to tell his, his uh, immediate staff, if you're not prepared to die, then you're in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, a lot of things he said, he, he, he was a great orator, very intellectual guy, very, very smart guy. Brother, uh, both of them was, but particularly Brother Martin, just his vernaculars. Um, was impeccable and so um even when he in his interviews and even when his last speeches he said you know i've been to the mountain i may not get there with you you know but i know it's gonna be a new day he already knew that his time was limited because he knew the chronological order you're talking about he had his private meetings with the cia he had his private meetings with the kennedys he had his private meetings with like two or three presidents and they basically told him you keep this going you will get took out 
And he said, well, you know, this is just what this is what I'm called to do because I don't fear death. You will die, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some straight form of fashion. You will die. Leave this alone or you will die. And then you get so, you know, you get. That's something I can't ascertain or even fathom. Because, you know, obviously I wasn't born during that time. Uh, but as I study and read and understand, I would, would have got acclimated to that 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 culture, you know, I, I would have got acclimated to what was going on during that time. It's easy for us to say back in slavery, so to speak. Man, I wouldn't have did this. I would have said, boy, we would have been fighting. He wouldn't have called me no nigga. You know, the white man called me, boy. Yes, she would have because that was the culture. You would have went uh, right along with everything else. Man, they would have to kill me. No, they wouldn't have killed you. Right. Because you got to say, your daddy, his daddy, his daddy's daddy, your mama, her mama, her mama's mama, everybody is, that's what you do. It's yes or no, sir. It's, it's you know, you, you hold your head down like a boy. You get a 25-year-old white man calling an 80-year-old man boy because that was the culture at that time. Right. And for him to su be submissive to a 20-year-old kid, and I'm 80 years old, yeah, it's easy to say you wouldn't do that today because that's not how the world turns. It's not the mindset of the people today. Mm -hmm. You know? But it, wasn't, uh, but it wasn't that long ago, though. It I wasn't. Mean, because, because we all have, and I don't know about your background, but I'm quite sure you've had uh, grandparents or great-grandparents that may have told you stories about what took place or what they heard or what their grandma told them. And so to me, I always look at those when you, when, when someone's sharing that information or sharing that story with you, it's not just to, for you to keep it to yourself, but it's more for you to understand where you're going and what you need to do for you as the, you and for the people. Um, right. I've always kind of looked at that because if we if we don't understand and embrace our history, right. then you're not going to know your history. Right. You're only going to know what somebody then told you what your history is, who probably not even really telling you the accurate information. And you know what Harriet Tubman said, right? And I'm going to paraphrase her quote. Okay. She said, I would have freed a lot more slaves if they only knew that they were slaves. <laughs> and what I got out of that is, as I said, it's the mindset and the culture of the people. We was going against each other. We didn't want to be, when, 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 the, uh, when the day came, we were so-called free. They didn't want to be free. They didn't know what to do. This, this, is, this is home. I don't know right. what to do now. I can't just go out and, yeah. and be a nomad, you know, and just and walk in no man's land. I want to stay on Mr. Johnson's uh, plantation. He take care of me. He took care of my daddy. He take care. He took care of his daddy. I'm named Johnson because of this man right here. Yep. You know, and so uh, I mean, you know, we go on and on and on. <laughs> about it, but you, but you, and that's where I and that's where I start to question the culture of where we are now. Like, do we understand our culture, or do we under or do we only understand what they say our culture is? Right, right. You know, like, do we do we actually understand 
the magnitude of the work that our ancestors have done. And then if they could talk to us right now and say something in 2024, do you think they would be pleased with where we are or where we're going? Or do you feel like they would say, now, now listen, we need to have a discussion. I think it's, I think, I think it's subjective because say, say friends, I have a four year old granddaughter. She's biracial. Mama white. Of course, obviously daddy is black. Beautiful, beautiful, precocious young girl. <clears throat> and if I live another 30 years to see her be grown, to see her generation come of age, they, you know, in her wave of, of, uh, of people that's running the country, then whatever the culture and mindset is, and I'm, and I'm keeping it real simplistic, whatever the culture and concept is at that particular point in time 30 years ago, I don't know because I wasn't even here 30, uh, 50, 60 years prior to that to understand and know what I'm doing at this point is wrong or right. So that's why I say subjective. Even today in time, 2024, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what you, you, you was, what year you was born, and I'm not going to ask you, but it's just saying 1964, okay, it was a particular culture and mindset and of the people from 1924. Mm -hmm. So numbers don't stop. You can go back to eons to say, okay, with the ancestors or the other the people that came before us paved the way for us, would they would they be would they approve of how we're living our life today? That's subjective. Because some say, girl, do you think that's why I gave my life? I'm glad you ain't got that BBL. I'm glad you can walk down the street and cuss and fuss and uh, do what you want to do because we couldn't do that. We, we gave our life for you to do that. Go ahead and do it. You know, or you might see the ones, you know, would completely disapprove, you know. So that's a sub that's subjective, you know. That's open-ended, I feel. Right. Um, no, I, I feel. And I, I think it's, I think you're right. Um, it, it just makes me wonder at times. And I, I think it's more so in the range of our education, you know, mm -hmm. back in 64, you know, we were, we were trying to make sure that we were getting the education, you know, to make sure, cause we're going through this segregation period, you know, make sure that we're getting the education, being able to have a bachelor's degree or even a high school diploma, you know, and even before that time, you couldn't even read. Right. And I think that's the, I think that's where it bothers me at some point because they didn't even you they did not want us to read at all and now we're at the point where we don't even want to read right. and i'm like well, wait a minute right. are we going we are we going backwards mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you have to be able to read and it bothers me when you come in contact with children that don't know how to read and they're nine ten years old and they don't even know how to spell their name right or they on the first grade reading level and they shouldn't be and I think that's where the culture part comes in because it's almost like we're regressing back in time, mm -hmm. but not really, if right. that makes sense. Right. You know right. what I mean? Well, the quagmire to, to, to that situation there is that kids, they just want to be on their cell phones and play PlayStation. And we, I say we, as a, as, as, a, as a village, we allow that to happen. Yes, we, do. we allow it. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. We stuck in our own world of entertainment and, and, and uh, accelerated uh, uh, fashion and culture and the satisfaction, gratification. It's okay. We They want a PlayStation for Christmas. They want the, the $2,000 iPhone for Christmas. We give it to them to get out of my face. Because mm. we drawn to, to social media. We drawn to everything, you know, that, that, that's, that, Pretty much um, caters to what we want to do right. instead of instead of reading that book instead of the traditional ways of getting things done. Um, and and I think that T word is where everyone is wanting to change. Everybody hates tradition. Oh, we don't want to do that. I don't want to have have family dinner. We don't want to. I mean, who? How many? How many families actually eat at a dinner table now? Right. You know, True. nowadays you're just eating wherever you eat. <laughs> and if you are at the dinner table, table, you are at the dinner table. You got your cell phone with you. You looking at your cell phone. Right. You're right. Texting. So you, <laughs> you're doing everything else instead of interacting with 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 your family. Um, but I just feel like it's like things have changed so much, but I don't feel like it needs to change to the point to where we forget what we need to do for ourselves. Like some things, some things we can keep traditional. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying maybe I'm old school and no, I wasn't born in the sixties. I, I saved my year. 78 was a oh. wonderful year. <laughs> what, what, what my, I'm September 78. March seventy-eight. March what? <laughs> Twenty-four. My wife, she's March sixteenth of seventy-eight. Hey. Yeah. See? Yeah. Listen, that's why you married her because she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she creative. <laughs> Kudos to my March friend over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's difficult to deal with us March babies. Oh yeah, definitely. Man, We're, wow. And you, and you agree. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what my husband say all the time. So, hey, I understand. But, <laughs> but you know, with um, with Black history, one, one thing that's really, I have noticed in the last, I'm going to say two or three years, um, and it may have even been longer than that, but for sure uh -huh. in the last three years, it's how um, things are constantly being like removed. Like we're banning books now. And I felt, I feel like, well, how, why are we banning books? So, and, and to me, I feel that, and I don't care what book it is, whoever's the author of the book, I feel like it's a disrespect to them because mm. they took the time to create the book. They took the time to do the illustration and publishing and whatever else comes in making a book. Um, and I just feel like it's a slap in their face. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know. I'm probably the only, because I'm, I'm not necessarily an author, but I may be the only one that feels that way, but I'm like, why do we need to ban books? Like if I have a store and I only want certain types of books in my store. Okay, well then you can do that. You don't have to necessarily say this book is banned in the United States or in mm -hmm. the state of 
uh, Missouri, this book is banned. I mean, honey, what do you think about these banning of books nowadays? I mean, this is just a way to, to keep us uh, myopically controlled. Um, certain things, I'm just going to say it. I believe that organ, organized religion, uh, they, they made to where you, 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 you go back to a particular book, whether it's the Holy Bible, Holy Quran, Holy Torah, uh, so forth and so on. They reduce it down to one book, and so it's just a it's just a sophisticated way to keep us controlled, so we won't think outside of that book. Hmm. And I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody's spiritual or organized religion of their choosing, but just what right. you just said to to ban books of that nature is to keep you streamlined to 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 keep you controlled. They keep you from, from thinking for yourself, keep you from challenging, keep you from asking questions. Well, yeah. Why do you want to ask questions? Because we scared. Who, who going to go through life and not ask questions? People do that. Aristocracies, man. See, we need to be talking offline. Certain things I, I can't say <laughs> online. I just I okay, can't do that's it. Fair. I can't that's do fair. it. I understand. Um, I understand. I'm getting too getting too deep, but I, yeah, I got you. Because it's hard. It's hard to. I do a lot of studying, and 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 I listen to a lot of Efi Tunde. Do you know who that is? So I was gonna ask you about that earlier. What is Efi Tunde? Doctor Umar Johnson. Oh, okay. Well, I well by that name I know who that <laughs> who is. Sorry. I, I, I listen to him. Every single day, almost, and uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna reach out to him so because uh, I want to invite him on uh, the summit that I'm putting together. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna invite okay. my good brother out. I agree with about eighty five percent of his rhetoric, uh, which is good enough for me. You know, we all individuals. We have our own ilks. We have our own idiosyncrasies. So. Uh, with that being said, about 85, 80 to 85 percent of his uh, rhetoric, I agree with. Uh, so okay. I, I listen to him faithfully and I learn a lot from him. Learn mm -hmm. a lot from him. A uh, lot. Yeah. And, and, and I will say we always learning something from someone else that has done a lot of research into areas that we're not familiar with. Right. And I feel like there's nothing I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because we're, like you said, we're all human. So you can make your decision if you agree with it or if you don't. Um, but it does make you think and th think about things a little bit different. Like, is that, is that what, is that what I'm actually experiencing? Is that what I'm actually witnessing? And I'll be, and I'll be truthful. I just don't feel that everyone can handle the truth. Mm -mm. Can't. When I program too. When I program too. Right. People do things out of what you say, tradition, culture, and uh, we're scared to challenge that. We're scared to break tradition. We're scared to think for ourselves. We don't want to do, so we, we got everybody doing the same thing. We're scared to be the thumb on the hand. Yeah. And, uh, to, to think for ourselves. So. To, to think for ourselves, yeah. I mean, what? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this into the mix, and I know I probably shouldn't, but right. I'm gonna do it anyway. And you can tell me, hey, back up. But <laughs> this uh, this uh, voting issue, mm-hmm. it borderlines bother me, and it bothers me to the point because I've I've heard so many stories and seen so many different things. And, you know, like I said, coming from Memphis, you kind of have a different stance on how you see things being from the South. And we're now at a point to where we, as the people being African-Americans, we don't really care to vote. Right. We don't care to vote. We don't care who gets in whatever Mm-hmm. office position da 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 mm-hmm. but then it's like as if there's an issue that affects my community like you're about to put something in my community that I don't want or ch- changes at school are about to happen or I'm getting ready to receive or be taxed so many x amount of dollars then we tend to want to show concern right. or want to care and I always feel like at that point, it's almost like it's too late because things are already in, in motion, if I'm making sense. On a, on a local level, a state local level, voting, this is just this is my subjective opinion. Uh, I think voting on a local level has um, is effective. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking local, we're talking local level, correct? State yes. level, yeah, yes. definitely. People do need to get out and vote because it does make make a change on a state local level. Yeah, and and I just feel like how do how do we even get to that part? Because we and, and we have been so programmed to where even even when someone has done. Um, something criminal and they have a felony you know mm-hmm. we've all, we've been programmed to the point where I have this felony I can never vote in my life mm-hmm. you know and I've had people that are like 73 years old tell me that and they said well that's what we've always been told so I just mm-hmm. never thought about registering to vote because I knew they were going to tell me no but that is not true in regard and i can only speak for in regards to the state of oklahoma but that is not true for the state of oklahoma so then it's kind of like you've you've you have a well that's a generation or even more generation of people that feel like they can't vote because of their background and then it's also to the point where now with the younger generation and younger than us they're just kind of like, I, I don't really think that's something that I need to be concerned about. And to me, that just, that bothers me. I mean, it bothers me to the point to where I want to sit down and I'm like, can you tell me more? Like, can you, well, can you explain it to me? I'm going to say this, uh, because I'm a guy that remains Pollyanna in any and every situation. I always look at the glass half full, not half mm-hmm. empty. So when we was, we can go back to the civil rights movement. During that time, it was the culture and the popularity of the people at that time 
to say, this is what you do. The 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds, they'll listen to their famous temptation record, but then they was also taught to go vote because Grandma Annie and, and Sister Joyce, they just went and got their ass beat for you to go vote, and that's what you guys are going to do. It was a popular thing to do during that time. I'm not advocating for none of, you know, for, for, for um, people not voting. I'm just saying you have to look at the uh, uh, the culture, the mindset. The, 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 the mindset. You know, you got to look at what, 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 what's the driving force? Who are your influencers? Right? Mm-hmm. So, say, I'm not saying her name to be cliche, but just to be like Beyonce. If she gets on her tour, the tour that she's about to go on the next well, year or two for her new album, if part of her tour is telling the, the, the people and it becomes synonymous with the culture of the people, go vote, then, yeah, the likelihood of more votes coming in would be just that. But whatever she's talking about, whatever the highlight of the world at that moment in time, that's what, that's what people are going to do. Because a hundred years from now, of course, we won't live to see it, but a hundred years from now, whatever's popular for the people to do, that's what they're going to do. And they can go back and say, okay, well, that's what they did in the 60s. That's what they did in the 50s and 60s. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't there. Or, wow, I wish I was there. You know? Or that's what they did in 2024. That's what they did in 2024? What's an iPhone? What is that? (laughs) What's streaming? Who is Beyonce? Oh, yeah, she was a pretty lady. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, honey, just imagine. And that's not too long from now. You, you just said a while ago that wasn't too long ago. Yeah, a hundred years from now, ain't that far away? <laughs> right, right. You know, I find it interesting because they were they were talking on um, GMA, I think yesterday, and they were talking about the buying the house and how it was. You, women were not able to buy a house by themselves. Like it was right. literally a law against that. And I mean, there was even a law against women being able to vote. We ain't even just talking about us, but just being able to 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 vote. So all these things that just kind of have changed, you're kind of like, well, wow, I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I never really looked at it from that standpoint that, hey, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do this if this wasn't around. I don't know. It just... I know it's a lot. It's it's a lot to think about in the in the in the process, but um, when when you make that statement of it depends on what's what, wait how do you say it? depends on what the majority of the people want to do at this moment. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. You know what that makes makes me reminds me of when your mom say so if if everybody jumped to the edge of the cliff and they fall off, you are gonna fall off with mm-hmm. them. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> There'd be a lot of dead folks. Uh, unfortunately, right. But that that but that's what that reminds me of. Because I mean, yeah. Now we're at the point where you have all these different types of drugs and peer yeah. pressure and cyberbullying and all this other stuff. I mean. It's just one thing 
after another. Literally. So, but with with Black History Month, I mean, we're 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 black 365 days so we get to celebrate every day i think it's important for us to embrace our culture to shop from a small business uh a small black business i want to say that um or just being able to go to a restaurant that's owned by a black business or even just learn something new about some history some history facts that you didn't know i think that makes a difference too you know, yeah. just not just as much as we put in the inferences of uh, Christmas and we mm-hmm. want to celebrate this and we want to celebrate that. We need to do the same for. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you this now, have you noticed and I'm just going to say this because I've, I've I said this to someone else before. Have you noticed that there is a celebration for every culture? Right. Mm-hmm. So you got your Cinco de Mayo, even though that's not really their holiday, but mm-hmm. that's another story. But you got you have that. Uh now they have this fiesta, something that they call. Uh you have Red Earth. We know that's for Native Americans, right? What else do we have? What was it? An Asian um what was that festival called? I forgot the name of it. Asian mm-hmm. Festival something. You know what I'm talking about? It was down on, in during the age in the Asian district. Okay. Right. Um, you know which one I'm talking about? It's not ringing the bell. I, I can't think of the do, name. but I, I would. I can't think of recall the name. But so, so what's our celebration? And I know you're gonna say people, black folks, like to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> what's 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 our festival? What festival do we have? Supposed to be Kwanzaa, ain't it? Nat, you know where Kwanzaa came from, right? You know you know African people don't do Kwanzaa. I'm just saying we so lost in the sauce, we, we like parrots. <laughs> we just parrot what other people do. Do it's, yeah. it's real unfortunate, so I don't keep up with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Right, right. But I just I just kind of thought that why we don't have something that we come together and and I'm not talking about Juneteenth because people say, well, we have Juneteenth. And I'm like, yeah, yes, but that's a holiday. <clears throat> like other other things that are like festivals and things like that, it's not necessarily tied to a holiday. Right. So why we can't have something where we can celebrate black culture. I mean, it's something to think about. Yeah. I don't know. Now, and will it ever happen? I, I, I don't know. I don't anything know. is possible. Anything is possible. That's true. That's true. Hopefully someone will take that idea and run off with it and uh, just ask me for support and I'll support you. Um, but I think that we can we can do a whole lot better as far as us. And I'm just going to say in the state of Oklahoma, because that's where I am right now. And even anywhere else, we can do a whole lot better. We just have to focus. Like you mentioned earlier, being at Parrot, like when 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 we going to stop being the Parrot? Yeah. <laughs> when, I don't know. 
I don't know. So what <laughs> what's what's what do you hope for this year? What do you hope for this year as just you and your organization and things that you're doing? What do you hope for to gain from our community? This um continues the support. You know, we cannot do this without people like yourself, you know, the access to come on your platforms. Um, the awareness, I was asked earlier today, um, I was at a mix and mingle uh, networking event early in Edmond, Oklahoma. And the gentleman asked me kind of the same question you said. I said, just to spread the awareness of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, it can morph and, and, and develop into its own entity, its own force. Just about people just being being willing. It, it doesn't always have to be a monetary support, even though as a nonprofit 501c3, the heartbeat of any nonprofit 501c3 is the monetary support. However, uh, just you know, it's keeping the, the mission in front of the people. You know, that's why I work as hard as I do. And Every I, single and I day. Every yeah. single day. I, I appreciate you working as hard as you do to get information out to the people and to spread that awareness. And even being around the connection of others with like minds, you know, um, like Damon and, and Donnell and all these other people that we've kind of connected with. And um, it's just good to see that we're, we're doing something impactful. And I just All hope right. that other people would kind of catch on and spread the word. Like, and, and this is, this is just me. Like we're so quick to spread everything else, everything else, but we don't spread our own stuff, like right. our own positive things that's happening. And right. we need to do more of that. Make our All own right. stuff go viral. That's in a good light. Right. That's just me. Exactly. You're right. Okay, Teresa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying. But I'm, I, I appreciate you coming on here to have this conversation uh, with me because I felt like I, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to myself if that was okay. So right. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It was a lot. It was a lot better. It's a lot better and easier when I can have someone respond. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking your time out. Say hello to my my um, my March birthday friend. I appreciate her allowing Definitely. you to come and have this time because you have things to do. So uh, <laughs> for everyone else, thank you for joining on Shutter Tea Tuesdays. Don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms except for Snapchat at Shirley T with V. And I do want to keep in mind next week we're going to have two segments. It's going to be two segments because third Tuesday is for uh, Cancer Care Series. So there will be a special segment for that. But we also have a special guest for the owner of Black Children's Book Week. So I will hope that you'll get to tone, tune in. We're going to have two segments. So you're going to get tired of me after a while on Tuesday. But tune in and always remember to be intentional, be insightful, and to be impactful in everything that you do. And thanks again, Kareem, for coming out. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Yes, y'all yes, yes, have yes. a good night. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Tell me to dance, taking a chance.